Well, hey, everybody, welcome back. This is Mark. Welcome to another episode of this Poor Pastors podcast. I'm just putting my phone on silent at the moment so that it doesn't go off while I'm recording this episode. We're going to talk today a follow-up, a second part, part duo, part du, for communication. I said I was going to have this episode out Monday, and I was wrong. I'm so sorry about that. I really am. Life happens. But I'm back today on Friday yet again to give you more quality content. We're going to talk about communication from the point of the listener. Yeah, that's really important. I don't know why I didn't get this episode out on Monday, possibly for any number of irrelevant reasons, but I didn't. I didn't. Do you know somebody that says didn't instead of didn't or couldn't instead of couldn't? Yeah. Always pronounce your words. Pronunciate your words. Pronunciate your words. It's important. But I didn't get this episode out on Monday, and I'm sorry about that. Hey, I want to say thank you really quickly to those of you. I had several people text me this week that I have not heard from yet in regards to this podcast. I had no idea that they were listening, and they texted me and let me know that they were and that it was an encouragement to them or interesting or thought-provoking or any number of things. No negative responses, and I'm so glad for that. I have no doubt that there are people who listen that do not agree with what I say. And, you know, I, as much as that pains my heart to know, it seriously does because I'm, you know, I believe very strongly in what I say, but not everybody's going to agree with everything you say. But thank you that the comments that I've gotten have been overwhelmingly positive. So if you want to reach out to me by email, you can do that, thispoorpastor at gmail.com, or you can text me. Area code 910-265-7297. Now, I have had dozens and dozens and hundreds of people reaching out to me. No, I have I have had a few. That is a technical term. I have had a few people ask about financially supporting the work that I'm doing here through this Poor Pastors podcast. And I am honored that you would even consider giving some of your hard-earned money uh, to to me. I th- feel like I'm obligated to say, first tithe to your local church, then recognize that I ain't 501c3. So if you choose to give me money, it will just be a gift from you to me, not tax deductible, but it will be very much appreciated. Putting out episodes like this do take time, energy, and resources. They may not cost specific money, although I'm sitting in front of a microphone and a mixing board that altogether probably cost me in the range of a lot of money and a computer that's quite expensive, although the computer that I use for uh, editing and things, um, someone that listens to the work that I do um, gave me the money to buy one, so I'm thankful for that. There are a lot of people that are asking for your money, and I am not one of them. But if you should desire to be an encouragement to me through a financial gift, I will be more than happy to be grateful for that gift. And if you want to know how, you can just reach out to me at my cell phone number or thispoorpastor at gmail.com and send al- and I'll give you the information for PayPal and you can send along that gift or I'll give you my mailing address if you, uh, if you want to mail a good old-fashioned hard copy check. Some, some people have done that, and I appreciate it. I really, really do. 
thank you also for recognizing that what I'm doing has value, at least in your life. So yeah, anyway, almost five minutes in, let's dive into the content today. I was thinking about last week's episode, and I was thinking a lot about communication from a speaker's point of view. I was aware and am aware at how often when I preach on Sundays, I get frustrated sometimes that people are not understanding what it is that I'm saying. Probably one of the most important things, and if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I encourage you to do that, especially if you're a speaker. And anybody who talks to people is a speaker Whether you're standing on a platform or not, we want to be understood in our communication. So whether you're going to talk to your boss tomorrow or you are the boss and you're talking to coworkers or you're a pastor or a youth pastor or a Sunday school teacher, a parent, communication is vital. And it is not always the case that the breakdown of communication happens at the ears of the person who is listening to you. Many times communication is hindered from the speaker that's the point where the error takes place. And I, I really, really think that's important. I recognize how tempting it is and how often we want to blame the listener for the lack of communication. Because after all, I mean, I said it. I know exactly what I meant. I don't see why it was so hard for them to understand. It takes some self-awareness. It takes some humility to recognize that we ourselves may be hindering communication by the way we choose our words or don't choose our words. And it also takes a real care for truth and accurate communication to do the hard work necessary to increase our skill at communicating. I would not ever boast in my skill as a communicator, but I can at least tell you this. I work very hard. It's something that I study. I study people who are skilled communicators across multiple uh, platforms, not just uh, preaching. But I think one of the, as a pastor, okay, this is, I'm not trying to be negative or overly critical, but as a pastor, speaking to other men in my profession, who could turn right around and make the same charge against me. I understand. I think one of the least skilled areas of public communication is pulpit ministry. Some of this may be due in part to the fact that young men are told if God has called you, God will qualify you and God, you know, God qualifies the called and so on and so forth. And so you have a message burning in your heart and go deliver it. And there is very little emphasis on good communication skills. Even in many of our colleges, the now again, there may you may use well, I went to a Baba college that really focused on this. Good. I'm I'm glad that you did. Mine didn't. Uh or I wasn't paying attention, I grant it could be that as well. But in the, uh, what is this, what is, what do they call it when you're, st- <laughs> uh, in your, in the preaching class, whether it's, whether it's biblical hermeneutics and the study of, of preaching or, um, you know, principles of preaching or however you want to say it. Every time I'm trying to think of a word while I'm in the middle of speaking, I can't think of the word, but You know what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say. It's your fault if you don't understand. There was very little teaching and instruction on proper communication. It is not enough 
to stand up and say what you think or what you believe. If the words that are coming out of your mouth are not fashioned in a way that make it accessible and easy for your audience to understand, then you and I have failed as a communicator. And what more important message and truth is there than the truth of God's word? We have to be a little bit more careful with our speech. So much of what passes for preaching is not communication. And I think that's sad. I think that's sad. Um, I think so. I think we should work on it. And and my my suggestion to my fellow pastors would be that we take this very seriously and don't blame the people. Don't always blame the people who are listening for not understanding. Honestly, I have heard messages that no matter how many times I go back and listen to it, it just it's an absolute dumpster fire. I just listened to one last week. Um, a gentleman that I got into. Um, well, I didn't, he wanted to get into a scuffle with me on Facebook and I, and I chose not to, but I went and listened to one of his most recent messages. And honestly, now I disagree with this gentleman on just about everything, but well, that's not true. Maybe we would agree on more than, than we would disagree on. But all I can say clearly is this guy is not a communicator. His message makes no sense. It's incoherent. It's disjointed. And that's not just because I don't particularly like the guy. Just he's not a good communicator. And some people are that way on purpose. Some people are that way just because they're not apt to teach. And if someone isn't, does not have the aptitude to teach, I think they can learn a skill, but I think... Proper communication is going to require effort. I'm saying this again as a pastor, as a podcaster, but whoever you are listening, take very seriously the art of communicating. When you talk to your spouse this evening, really ask yourself, are we communicating or are we just lobbing words at each other? Now, so, 10 minutes into the podcast here, almost 11 minutes in, and we're just kind of recapping last week's episode. I want to talk, though, about breakdowns in communication from the listener's point of view, because, again, I think that this is more often than not what we think. Now, this is one that, or these are areas that people are more familiar with. In fact, to go back to my Facebook post on my pastor's page, probably the if you boiled down the majority of the responses, people had different um, details that they added, but basically the number one response to the hindrance of communication is people not actually listening. Now, maybe they weren't listening because they were trying to think of their own response or they just wanted to talk about themselves. But the point is that we were pretty sure overall that communication was a, was a, a result of people not wanting to listen. And that is absolutely a huge problem. So I'm not going to spend as much time on that, but we are going to talk a little bit about it. I think there are some other deeper reasons that, that communication fails from the part on the part of the listener that I think if we're aware of it, because most of us are both speakers and hearers. 
Okay. And so we have to become skilled communicators as speakers, and we have to become skilled listeners to enable successful communication. It takes both. None of us are only one or the other. And so there's two sides to this skill set that we need to work on. And I think that it's really, well, I, let, let's just dive into it and we'll, and we'll see. So first of all, let me just hit that one out of, out of the gate, right out of the gate here, that one of the reasons that communication fails on the part of the, of the hearer or the listener, I don't know what the word is. It's easier for me to say listener than hearer. I don't know why, but because that double R, hearer, is, is harder. So I'm just going to say listener. On the part of the listener is because people are listening to argue rather than to understand. And, of course, if you're in an argument, then there is going to be a part of the listening that is going to be to argue. But what I mean by that is not that you're listening clearly to understand what your opponent is saying so that you can accurately reflect back to them what they've said and present a, an alternative case to it, but you're listening for the purpose of arguing rather than to understand. You cannot have a good argument without good communication. Now, you can have a knockdown, dragout, barnyard, schoolyard argument without communication, but a successful argument is going to be a result of communication, that, you, that someone speaks clearly and that you accurately hear and repeat back to them what they're saying. But if we listen just intending to argue and we're formulating our responses before the person even gets done saying what they're saying, then we're not going to hear them. How many times has my wife said to me, you're not listening to what I'm saying because I start to argue back. You know, how many times? Well, how many times has it? You know, in the words of Barney Fife, plenty. Um, she said it plenty of times to me. I don't know how many times. More times than I can count. And she's not wrong. Now, she also does the same thing to me. Sometimes people can be hearing the words that are coming out of our mouths, but they're listening for the purpose of arguing, or they're not listening at all because they're just formulating their responses because we have a point of view that we want to get across, and it really doesn't matter to us what the other person says. We just want to get our point across. So we need to learn as listeners to listen to understand, to listen to understand. And I think I want to stop here for a moment and say again to the speaker, don't get frustrated and assume people are not understanding just because they disagree with you. Within, you know, a lot of camps of ideology, people will often say, well, you just don't understand the, what you're talking about. If you understood, then, then you wouldn't say that. You know, and there is this idea that if I could just get them to understand me, they would agree with me. There are many things that I disagree with, not because I don't understand them, but because I understand them clearly and I disagree with the position. There have been other things in my life that I disagree with that I did not understand. Once I understood, I either disagreed with it less or didn't disagree with it at all. This can happen. 
right? So under, you know, and we're going to get to understanding, but that, that it's so important to make sure that we listen to understand what it is that a person is saying. Assuming that that is possible, assuming that they are communicating in a way that is clear, and sometimes we're going to have to work to weed through all the unnecessary mumbo jumbo to get to the heart of the matter, but we should, if we desire to communicate, listen to understand. Many people say in 60,000 words what could have been said in a hundred. Sometimes we say things like, all that to say this, and it would have been better if we would have just said this, but most of us like to hear ourselves talk. I know I sure do. I love to hear myself talk. So listening to argue rather than listening to understand can hamper communication. Number two, assuming meaning in the face of ambiguity can hinder communication. Now, I spoke to the speakers last week and said, make sure you define your terms and avoid terms with that are jargon or terms that are loaded with intellectual, theological, or rhetorical baggage. But as much as they try, many times that we will hear someone speak and we won't quite know what it is that they're trying to say. And so, oftentimes, we assume meaning when we're faced with that ambiguity. I know what he meant by that. I know what he meant by that. Nowhere is this more of a problem than in text-based communications. Right now on my phone, I have a text message from a gentleman who, who sent me a text message with no emojis. And it could have either been sarcastic, it could have been good-natured, it could have been angry. And I responded to the text and have not got a response. And I made a phone call and, haven't, and, and he hasn't answered. And so right now, I am left wondering, like, what in the heck did this guy mean by this? And it's difficult for me not to assume the worst. The part of charity, 1 Corinthians 13, would be to assume the best. But in the face of ambiguity, we can often assume meaning, assume or assign meaning, and therefore think that we have communicated, but we have not. Has anyone ever gotten angry at you for something you said that they assigned a meaning to that you didn't mean? Maybe you were ambiguous or somehow unclear. I never have serious conversations over text-based um, platforms. Well, with the exception of my good buddy, Nate Walworth, we, we talk about all things serious over text-based communications. But don't worry, we, we use lots of emojis, lots of laughing faces and thumbs up, and so no misunderstandings ever take place. Look, no amount of emojis and thumbs up and... <laughs> Besides the fact, I mean, let's be honest, emojis are sometimes worse than anything else. But So don't assume the meaning in the face of ambiguity. Scripture says that nobody knows the heart of a man or the spirit of a man or the mind of a man except the spirit of that man that's in him. So the only one that really knows what someone means by what they say is the person themselves. So unless it's Lemony Snicket and saying, you know, communication is a word here, which means, then it's important if given the opportunity and there is ambiguity to ask for clarification. Here's a question to put into your toolbox. What do you mean by that? 
I, I have, since I've started using that word, that has aided communication in some amazing ways for me because sometimes people say things in a way that's not consistent with what they mean. And I want to find out, what do you mean by that? Sometimes you can ask people a question. That's interesting. Could you expound on that a little bit more? Could you talk about that a little bit more? And sometimes as people talk about something that they say that's not clear, if given the opportunity to talk a little more, you'll get a better idea. Ah, oh, I see what they're saying by that. So be careful as a listener not to assign meaning in the face of ambiguity. I do it. You do it. It's not helpful. And I think we can do better. We're not always given the chance to ask for clarification but if we're given the chance, uh, we, we should ask for clarification. Avoid doing this. on so, you, you see this stuff on Facebook and Twitter and so forth. Somebody will ask a question, and they'll, they'll put down their serious question. You know why they put down that serious question? is because most people are used to just critics and, and scoffers asking questions on social media. Again, social media and text-based communications are the worst possible place for genuine communication to take place. It's, ma it's amazing, right? The, the written word is one of the greatest tools in human history for the transfer of information and, and, and aiding communication. And yet, we use written words in such a careless way and in such a, 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 a caustic format that very little accurate communication takes place on any social media platform or text message or mes messaging app, okay? So um, be careful about that, but don't assume meaning. And if given the opportunity, ask for clarification. Number three, filtering meaning through personal experience. Filtering meaning through personal experience. I remember a man coming up to me after talking. I was speaking one night about the in, about God being our Heavenly Father and what a wonderful thing that was. And the man came up to me after church and he said, you know, I struggle a lot when you talk about this because I did not have a good father. I don't even know what a good father looks like. And when I hear you talk about it, it's difficult for me to understand. And I'm glad he said that because every time I said father... What he thought was not what I thought. I, had a, I have a, a phenomenal father. I have one of the best dads in the whole wide world. But he didn't. And so he was filtering what I was saying through his personal experience. I have to be honest. Well, I don't have to be, but I'm going to be. That we often do this when we hear people that we disagree with or dislike. We assign meanings unfairly to people on the basis of our personal experience with them. You know, I don't like this person, so I'm going to purposely not listen or I'm, I'm going to listen uncharitably. I'm going to look for the every mistake, every way that I can possibly misinterpret their words. And, and again, we're not trying to communicate then, are we? We're just, we're just looking for conflict. And this is pride. It is pride. Only by pride cometh contention. So I think that we need to be careful not, inter not to interpret words through, interpret meaning through our personal experience. And 
recognize that sometimes misunderstandings and a lack of communication can be because of that. Again, this goes back to the speaker's responsibility, but also as a listener, if someone says something that doesn't seem right because the words they're using, they don't seem right to you, ask them about it. This is the number one thing, the number one tool for listeners, excuse me, to aid in communication is to ask for clarification. Be charitable and don't assume meaning or recognize that sometimes meaning is assumed on the basis of our personal experience. When some people hear the word discipline in church, it, it brings up all kinds of traumatic ideas because they had parents who abused them and called it discipline. So we have to be conscious of that as speakers and we have to be charitable about that as listeners. Don't assume that just because your experience of this thing was one way that therefore every time someone uses it, they mean the same thing. So a listener can go to a church and hear a pastor talk about disciplining children and chastening children, and you get online and you just rip them apart because it's abuse and blah, blah, blah. You're interpreting and assigning meaning on the basis of your personal experience, and that's not at all what that pastor meant. So be charitable and recognize that that can happen as a listener. Um, number four, we're almost out of time. Dang, nabbit. Not seeking context as a listener can... Um, cause miscommunication. We live in a sound bite era. One of my favorite things to do, and it's, you know, don't judge me too harshly. I love to take uh, long clips of audio and edit them together for fun and kicks and giggles. And you can make people say just about anything you want them to say. And the news media does this all the time. Probably the number one thing people say on politicians and, and, and any public figures when their words are given, you know what it is. What is it? They took me out of context. And sometimes they didn't. Sometimes they did. It is a problem. Nobody, very few people just walk around saying single sentence um, communications throughout the day. Most communication most sentences, most ideas are packaged in a larger context, the context of the place, the context of the crowd, the context of the experience, and the context of the meaning and the, and the words surrounding it. And so don't form a, a judgment on the basis of what someone says just because of a single five-second clip that you see or hear. Seek the context and listen to the thing in its entirety, or at least a large portion of it, so that you can uh, gain a better understanding. Let me give you. Let me give you quickly, and I'm going to go really, really quick here because I'm out of time. Let me give you quickly some things that we can do to be better listeners to aid in communication. Practice active listening. Listen to every word someone is saying. Ask for clarifications. Ask about meanings, um, and. Seek to actively reflect back the person's words to them. That's active listening. That will aid in communication. Um, number two was ask, ask for clarification. I already said that. Number three, acknowledge truth no matter the source. If you want to be a good listener, uh, if someone says something that's true, even if you don't like that person, acknowledge what they said that was true and don't just dismiss everything because you don't like the individual. We all have to be careful about that. Number four, be more ready to hear than to speak. Be ready to hear, swift to hear. 
You know, listen when people speak. People will tell you what they're what they are thinking. It may take a little bit of work to get to the meaning, but be ready to hear. Number five, don't be a jerk. This is just a good life principle, right? Don't be a jerk. Don't be a grammar Nazi or a pronunciation Nazi. Right? Just because somebody uses improper grammar or somebody mispronounces a word does not mean they're not intelligent or that they are not accurate in what they're saying, what they're trying to convey. This is not profitable. It's not helpful. Correcting somebody's grammar or thinking that you can completely, you know, just dismiss them because they talk like a hillbilly is, is arrogant and prideful on the part of the listener. There are a lot of men and women who are not skilled at public communication, but are very wise and have important things to say. Don't dismiss somebody. Now, that doesn't mean that you as professional communicators shouldn't work harder to be better at communication. Words matter and pronunciation matters. They do. I'm talking, though, as listeners, be charitable. Don't be a jerk and just laugh at someone and say, well, because they they can't say, you know, whether you say plethora or plethora. It doesn't matter. You know what they mean. There's nothing more frustrating than to say something to someone and Your mind's working really fast, and so you don't word it exactly correctly. And they knew what you meant, but they chose to laugh at you because you didn't say it just right. That is so frustrating. And so be be generous, be gracious. Don't be a jerk as a listener. Well, we are out of time for today, and I'm just really, really passionate about this because I think we need to do a better job of communicating both as speakers and as listeners. I would love to hear what you have to say about this. You know, if you go to anchor.fm and look for this poor pastor's podcast, you know, you can actually through the app or online, leave me a voice message. I would love to have you do that. Or you can text me 910-265-7297 with your questions, your comments, your feedback. You guys are a great audience. Thank you so much for listening. All five of you. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. Anyhow, thispoorpastor at gmail.com. That's my email. Look, everybody, Lord willing, and if the creek don't rise, I'll be back next week sometime. I ain't going to say what day because I'll get it wrong. Anyway, have a great week, everybody. Thanks so much.